0: Uh, we are crossing over now to Tabiso Khatebe who's on the line to us from Bloemfontein uh, at the SAFTU commemoration of Workers Day and uh, we just want to find out what is happening there as well and we understand that scores of members from SAFTU's 24 affiliated trade unions have vowed not to hold back in their quest to end the exploitation of workers and they are signing on um, and uh, they are singing chanting slogans and uh, preparing to be addressed by the Saftu President Mac Chabalala at the rally in Bloemfontein. Our reporter Tabiso Khadebe is there. Tabiso, good afternoon and tell us what's the turnout like there for the Saftu rally?
1: Yeah, at the moment, uh, Sakina, uh, various speakers are busy addressing uh, members uh, in this uh, rally. Uh, you remember that the, the rally was supposed to have started at 10 o'clock, but uh, it has just uh, kicked off now. It has started now, and we're expecting later on to be, uh, members are expected to be addressed by, by their president, uh, Meg Chavalala.
0: And uh, just looking at uh, the turnout there, how would you describe it?
1: Earlier on, when we spoke to the leadership of uh, SAFTU here yeah, in the province, they said that they were expecting about 7,000 members. But when we check, we can estimate uh, about uh, two to 300 people who have... Filled up this uh, uh, Vista Arena here in in but some of them are still uh, uh, outside. Uh, hopefully, later on when they are addressed by their president, they are expected to uh, to to enter the, the hall. And earlier on, as I you know, we spoke to a couple of members. We spoke to a number of members about uh, how did they feel about their working conditions. Uh, there's uh, three issues that they they outlined. Three uh, issues that they were complaining about. They are complaining about the, the the issue of minimum wage. They are complaining about uh, a labor loss that will prevent them from, from striking if they want to strike. And also the issue of VET that has been increased. So those are some of the issues that... They, 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 they talk to us about that they are not happy and they are not happy about since uh, the dawn of democracy, uh, workers are still uh, being uh, marginalised, workers are still being oppressed. So they, they say that, they, that their campaigns will, will pressure the government to sort of uh, uh, take care of the, the workers in the country. So th- those are the members of uh, uh, SAFTU or rather uh, various unions that we spoke uh, to earlier on. And
0: what those members saying Tabiso about uh, the fact that SAFTU has vowed to do everything in its power to oppose the proposed twenty rand per hour minimum wage.
1: Yeah, so, some of them they are saying that they are still uh, refusing that uh, twenty rand an hour uh, 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 minimum wage. They are saying that uh, when 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 the time goes on, they are going to be forced to 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 shut down uh, for for. Uh, uh, for a week so, so that to pressure the government uh, to to sort of adjust that uh, minimum wage of 20 rent. They are saying that they are still refusing it and uh, they will continue to uh, sort of hold matches. They will they will uh, make the, the South African government un, ungovern, ungovernable if uh, uh, the government doesn't uh, respond to their grievances, uh, uh, Sakina.
0: Well, Tabi, so thanks so much for that update. And of course, uh, no doubt uh, we'll check in with you again later uh, if there are new developments there around uh, what's happening at the SAF to rally, the official rally there taking place. In Bloemfontein at uh, the Vista Arena and to be addressed by Max Shabalala, the president of SAFTU. Now, um, you know, Tabisa was talking there about the 20, uh, 20 Rand minimum wage stipulation that SAFTU has vowed to oppose. But of course, uh, we should bear in mind uh, that as we speak, there are about 6 million workers in South Africa in full time employment who do not earn that three thousand five hundred Rand minimum wage as stipulated. So, you know, what does this mean for them? And We need to get to a point where we are working towards proper solutions in this regard. But what are those solutions? And um, Nazim Khruadboom says the 20 rand is such a knock under the belt for those who implement it, uh, but uh, they won't even live with that for a day. And many people making that point, saying that those who are negotiating and deciding upon this 20 rand minimum wage are people who themselves could not live on 20 rand per day. But as I said, um, something we'll speak to Terry Bell about is the reality that around six million workers in this country do not even earn that stipulated minimum wage that is now being proposed. Well, uh, Terry Bell, I believe, is on the line now, and uh, he joins us uh, for some discussion, a labor analyst uh, with regard to the issues that workers are confronted with today. Terry, great speaking to you again.
2: Good afternoon, Sakina. Very good speaking to you, too. Sherry,
0: I must just start with, you know, uh, some of the musings I had this morning about where we are, how far we've come uh, with regard to labor relations in South Africa, 24 years into democracy. And I couldn't help but conclude that, you know, this is a serious indictment on us as a people. But more importantly, I would think on the labor federations, the unions and other worker movements that 24 years into democracy, we are now for the first time seeing. Seriously grappling with the issue of a minimum wage that some feel, as uh, the uh, listener that I just uh, was tweet I just wrote, feel that it's a slap in the
2: face. Yes, most definitely. Look, more than 20 years down the line, we've done nothing about it. And the thing is, too, you know, yes, there are about six million people who are currently in full time employment who do not um, earn three thousand five hundred rand a month which is what we're talking about at 20 rand an hour, but how many of them, in fact, are farm workers and how many of them, in fact, are domestic workers who are not even put on the 20 rand an hour bracket yet? And then we have this, this you know, public works program, and we pay people there 11 rand an hour. I mean, I really regard... I do regard that as, as an insult, Terry,
0: I was reading an article that you wrote about all these proposed reforms, and you you spoke about the fact that what it raises and whatever is happening in this space at the moment are several important questions about the political, financial, and ethical questions that we have yet to address as a nation when it comes to taking care of our workers.
2: Most definitely. You see, the point is we had... Up until 1996, we had this whole concept of the um, RDP, Reconstruction and Development Programme, but it went by the board in 1996. Everything went out, including (laughs) the most important thing at the moment, talking about land. I mean, the point is we had a constitution that came into play at that stage, with Section 25, which allowed, had no mention whatsoever, willing buyer, willing seller, which is very much a sort of free enterprise notion that does not belong in our constitution, yet that's what the government went on about. They went on and spent 64 billion rand on buying bits and pieces of land that they needn't have bought necessarily. At the same time, they ignored totally the situation regarding wages for workers. And we are so far off a living wage now for the majority. The majority of people within this country who are in employment of some kind are earning less than 3,000 rand a month. But the point is also, if you start to introduce a minimum wage at 20 rand, what will happen is you will encourage, and because part of the labor, we must not divorce the fact that there are labor law amendments being proposed as well. What these could do is encourage individual workers to be regarded as contractors who can be employed on a zero-hours basis. Oh, we'll have you for Wednesday and we'll have you next Thursday and whatnot had twenty rand an hour, and that is, I think, even more dangerous. And that's where we seem to be heading.
0: And and I think that's a, such an important point, there, Terry, uh, speaking to uh, the ethical issues here, because we keep talking about the inequality, the growing inequality in South African society. But looking at the proposed uh, minimum wage stipulation, how is that going to help us? Uh, you know, close that divide, or is it just likely to deepen it?
2: I have a horrible feeling it's going to it's likely to deepen it, because the thing is also, and the unions are also to blame, because they did not fight hard enough, long enough, uh, and and they're certainly on the back foot constantly. They're not even seem to, no one seems to be taking due cognizance of the fact that we are now dealing with the march of automation of artificial intelligence, which is gradually putting more and more workers out of work. In fact, we should be arguing, well, let the machines do the work, give us fewer hours, let us be fully paid for a three-hour week, etc. We can have job shares, um, but it requires, therefore, very, very radical thinking. It also requires a holistic approach by government, and it also requires the unions to be more aware, instead of fighting battles that would have been fought a half a century ago, they should now be up to date, and they're not doing it and therefore we're all going to suffer as a result.
0: Well, we continue uh, this conversation with Terry Bell. Terry, going to keep you on. And as we wait for President Cyril Ramaphosa, I think it gives us an opportunity to just touch on these uh, very important issues uh, that we are dealing with. We have Terry Bell with us, Labour Analyst, talking about uh, some of the Labour Relations amendments uh, that have been proposed and that people are trying to grapple with either as workers or worker representatives or just even commentators and analysts at the moment. And also just uh, taking a look at some of your comments in this regard. As Kumba says, uh, Saftu, their demands are completely unrealistic. They misled their members about a 3,500 rand living wage. And then um, someone asking me, why am I working on Workers' Day? Um, I think that's pretty obvious. (laughs) So, you know, we do what we need to do. And um, then, of course, uh, others also weighing in. Tuanelo says, the sad part of this issue um, is that uh, you know, you're dealing with arrogance. For example, at the hospitals uh, where nurses are arrogant, and then at the same time you have people then demanding certain working conditions when they are not willing to uh, to deliver services that people expect from them. So quite a few of you talking about the situation at hospitals as well, and uh, then a um, uh, the few others. Uh, Lancelot says uh, the program director at the May Day uh, 2018 uh, celebrations. Uh, she makes my day. She's just in a league of our own, must have our own stand-up comedy session for real. So some of you watching that on TV and also um, listening to us, and uh, we appreciate that. Well, Terry Bell, just coming back to our discussion about these proposed amendments uh, to the Labor Relations Act and uh, some of the other proposals that are on the table. So some would say, you know, it's all good and well, but uh, what is typically South African is how poor we are at implementation. So Looking at the situation as it is, and we know, um, you know, we have so many examples that we can uh, actually quote about the challenge of implementation. How are they going to deal with this particular issue? If you think of the issue of uh, farm workers, for example, you already have uh, the sectoral determinations there, but compliance uh, can be as high as 50%. So, what does that mean? How is the Department of Labor going to ensure? that people employers uh, employ, uh, actually adhere to these amendments once they do get implemented
2: you fell on the head Then I always remember just one particular incident, because it happened to have, I looked out of my window and saw two workers working on a three-story building without any ropes, protective gear, or anything. So I immediately picked up the phone and phoned the local labor department and got hold of the inspectors. And I never forget the answer, because I happened to know them. They said, oh, come Terry, please, you know we don't have enough people to cover that. And that, in fact, it's still the case. That happened three or four years ago. But the point is that it's still the case. We don't have enough compliance because we don't have enough regulation. We don't have enough checking on things. And the union should also be playing a part. If farm workers, for example, were properly unionized, and there may- were many more than proportionately unionized 10 years ago or 15 years ago than they are now, the things have have let they 've let, let things slide, and that 's the union 's problem. If you have farm workers well organized, they will report if the construction workers are well organized, they would report to the union what are the unions doing regarding the safety of reporting safety of ensuring that that safety is is um, regulations are applied, and all that sort of thing, and the same applies to wages so Unions have been very very slack on this business. They have not uh, Concentrated there the whole shop floor basis And I say shop floor in in the broader sense has fallen by the wayside And we have far too many of the unions and particularly the bigger ones being more interested I think in the funding that's coming in from investment companies and that is actually a problem What the unions need to do is say look we are to blame here for not looking after workers welfare and because we've not been up to the mark the employers, and that includes the government, have been very quick to take advantage. And they now probably feel that they can move, take one move further, and amend the labor laws, which are reasonable labor laws, in a manner that will actually undermine collective bargaining. So this is something now we have a belated fight back, but and that's coming from South too, but then once again, it's part of the fragmentation of the labor movement. We have uh, in Port Elizabeth, we have this in, in Nelson Mandela Bay Metro. We have Corsartu having its huge thing with, with the president, etc. We have Saftu having their national one in Bloemfontein. We have different, around the country, in different centres, different organisations, different federations having their own May Day celebrations, when May Day should be a celebration of worker unity. Mm. <laughs> That's definitely not the case.
0: Seemingly not. And, you know, uh, talking about compliance, are we then to accept, given the problems uh, that the Department of Labor faces, that we will see, like we have seen previously, that there will be, you know, a lack of compliance in the main here?
2: I think, once again, you're completely correct. And there's been nothing done about insisting on compliance where we have good regulations in place. Uh, there has been no compliance because there's been no one to oversee it. Now, it's not entirely the union's fault, but government puts those laws in place, has a labour department, and this applies particularly where you have statutory decisions made by the minister in areas such as domestic work, which is very difficult to organise, and farm labour. Also forestry labourers who are also in a similar sort of position. So, it's a fault right across the board, and it's a great tragedy, and we should feel, as citizens of this country, wish all of us should be concerned about this, because the more this carries on, the more suffering there's going to be, the more anger there's going to be, the more disillusionment. Hello?
0: I am still here, Terry, listening to uh, oh, sorry, uh, what... I'm sorry, e- I'm hearing
2: bleeping, so I just uh, I wasn't sure. So, and, and it's extremely dangerous. And all the time, what is happening now is we're having more and more unemployment because of technological advances and that is something we also have to take cognizance of. We actually need to sit down. Government, business, unions need to sit down and say, look, what is this reality that we're facing and how best can we deal with it? No one seems to be bothering at the moment. We have a series of knee-jerk reactions right across the board.
0: Mm. And all the while, uh, uh, as far as redress goes, what do workers do? You've got the CCMA. They are overburdened. You have to wait forever and a day. Uh, So what do workers do in terms of redress?
2: I think the problem is that workers have very little that they can do other than get organized. And what's happened is we need to go back. To the origins of 86, nineteen eighty-five, eighty-six, eighty-seven, when you actually had workers on the ground, well organised, well disciplined, very democratic, electing leaders who were recallable and answerable to the mass, fighting for their rights, and they won those rights. They won. <laughs> Sorry, I've got another phone ringing here. Just, I'll switch it off just around. <laughs> Sorry, they won those. They won those rights, and therefore. They should have continued to keep that structure, those organizational that organizational basis intact. they never did, and instead we 're now having fragmentation because workers are becoming more and more disillusioned, more and more annoyed about what is going on. so I think that it 's time for a real reassessment, and may is supposed to be that sort of time. So let's hope that something good will come out of this.
0: Indeed. And I believe we have uh, the, the president of Amku, Joseph Matundra, on the line. So, Terry, you can answer that phone in the meantime as I speak to Joseph Matundra. Now, Mr. Matundra, thanks so much for speaking to us on uh, Workers' Day.
3: Hi. Is but, it is good afternoon. Hello, hello.
0: It is it is good afternoon. Yes, Mr. Matunja. Yes, thank to you
3: and to your
0: listeners. Yes. yes. Mr. Matunja, I understand Amku will not uh, be holding any celebrations uh, today. Instead, you'll be campaigning to have August 16th declared South African Workers Day in commemoration of the Marikana Massacre. Please talk to us about that.
3: Thank you once more. Yes, one Umkhu we do recognise that uh, May Day is an International Workers' Day in solidarity with uh, the international working class. That there is not dispute around that. But, however, we believe that here in South Africa, we had our own circumstances, relevant circumstances, of which it taught us that history is not static. Therefore, the A massacre, a London Massacre, which is known as Marikana Massacre, is a history, is a struggle of the working class fighting for better conditions of employment, of which our democratic government decided to massacre them. Therefore, we believe strong that the 16th of August must be our workers' day in South Africa, in the context of South Africa.
0: Ms. Matinja, I was just speaking to Labour analyst Terry Bell about, you know, the uh, labour movement uh, across the board, and uh, one of one of the issues he was lamenting was how fractured the labour movement is in South Africa. Uh, do you not think that, you know, uh, if you then ask for uh, the sixteenth of August to be declared Workers' Day, that will add to this fragmentation if others disagree with you?
3: I think. It- he is correct, yes, is fragmented, no one can dispute such. But also, you can view this as an opportunity because our May days, if you can look, has lost the context and the meaning. It's just becoming a political grandstanding of how to position ourselves to be liked, to be favored by the administration uh, of this government. He has lost the contact. I was listening to some of the interviews of leaders of other federations. We are going to Eastern Cape to make sure we topple DA. Uh, I mean, I know there are many schools of thought around that, as a union with the political party. But you could see clearly that the issues of the workers are no longer important. So why can't we take the Marikana lone min massacre as an opportunity to align the working class as a relevant circumstance that happened in our lifetime, of which that is quite symbolic to our struggle. That can bring context in what does it mean to have or to celebrate or to commemorate a Workers' Day.
0: Will you be approaching other unions to propose this to them?
3: Yes, uh, we've made a clear call, but it won't just be a clear call. Also, it will be uh, enhanced by the campaigns. As you know, I mean, if we call history, uh, if you remember, Cosatu Congress somewhere in 1986 in Dublin, they took a resolution to make May Day as the Workers' Day, but it was never endorsed the following year, which was 1987. It was only realized or endorsed. Uh, after 1994. So therefore, it will be the campaign that will bring on other uh, minded minded, uh, trade unions and federation who will be buying into this campaign. As you'll remember, after 2012, when we were campaigning for 12,500, when it was not fashionable to talk about radical economic transformation in South Africa, the workers at Marikane spoke about it at Lonmin and we took that mandate in the fateful day of the 16th of August, as AMCO, to say we'll rally behind the 12,500. We embark on a five-month strike to pursue the 12,500. It took other unions more than six years to realize that, yes, 12,500 can be the minimum wage in South Africa. Surely, with this one, they will also follow suit. So uh,
0: speaking of that uh, minimum wage battle, as you said, and we remember, uh, you know, 2012 when Amku um, uh, and uh, the Marikana situation, they came out with this proposed 12,500 uh, 500 minimum wage. And you've been championing that for a while. So what do you make of the current proposal of 3,500 Rand as a minimum wage?
3: I think that comes at a backdrop of the very same uh, position i mean of twelve thousand five hundred That means it shows clearly that our government is a capitalist government uh, they are very prepared to institutionalize this neoliberal economic policies dominance i mean in the working class. Some of the scholars uh, i think they have produced some papers or studies that suggest that for a person in South Africa just to meet a mere, a mere uh, need, uh, like you able to buy your candle or your paraffin, you must earn at least 4900 Those are the scholars, those are the people who are educated. We are talking to a mere church steward, dear Joseph Maduro. But those who are educated, they came up with such studies to say, for a person in South Africa to survive, just to survive, not to have everything, just a mere basic need. You must earn 4900 But you go and institutionalize 3500 That means you, our government is pro-new liberal. It's just emphasizing the capitalism in its best way.
0: But what does that say about the power of the workers themselves? Because um, these processes, uh, these discussions were had at NEDLAC. And you would think that those worker representatives at NEDLAC would have canvassed workers to get their views on this.
3: That's why, I mean, net like those unions who are there, they are not even representing the third of the workers uh, or even the one third of the workers in South Africa. So they are colluding with the system. Uh, they have been captured. Yeah, I think, they, 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 I mean, that's the way that is used in South Africa. They have been captured. They are not representing, representing the true interest of the masses of South Africa. Remember, they went and signed, and, and those 3,500, uh, without having any mandate i 've never had any federation calling a mass democratic meeting to find to get a mandate from its affiliate. They just did that net like at uh, whatever uh, Rosebank, and they signed the document and then now they are busy with it i mean in the parliament, so there was no mandate that was uh, given to them so therefore, if those institutions those organizations are captured is for us independent unions who are not in the pockets of any political party to to put a clear and call to the working class that let's unite and also those who are in captivity under the political parties, we need to make sure that they are released from such captivity and come and get their conscience in order to fight the struggle of the working class in South Africa.
0: Mr. Joseph Matunjo, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Uh, that's the Amku president speaking to us here on Updated Noon, very clear about his views. Let's get back to uh, Labour analyst Terry Bell. Terry, what are your thoughts on what Mr. Matunjo had to say there?
2: Well, I, I agree with most of what he said. What I do disagree about was this whole idea of changing May Day as Workers' Day. It's the International Workers' Day, and the one thing we should never forget is that workers should not organise on a... Um, basis of nationality. They should organize on an international basis. I think what would have been a very good idea was to have had, for example, a, May, a major or the major May Day rally at, the, at Marikana. If we could have done that, it would have been much better.
0: Uh, is we that's... could have
2: then united. We could have united. We could have brought together, for example, um, Umku. UMKU, incidentally, has left the National Council of Trade Unions because the General Secretary of the National Council, Narius Moloto, is also the president of the Pan-Africanist Congress. So, um, you, you know, this is, again, politics getting involved. Yes. What we could have done, and Saftu could have done it, and invited Kosatu, etc., and said, let us have a commemoration uh, May Day at Marikana. That would have been a good idea. But to change the idea of workers' day I don't think is a good idea at all.
0: Well, uh, talking about the issue of politics bedeviling, you know, uh, workers' rights and uh, the, basically scuppering their movement uh, as worker representatives, he spoke about, you know, some leaders talking about toppling the DA. You mentioned the PACs, Narius, Moloto, and ACTU, and all those type of issues. How important a factor do you think um, uh, politics plays in? Uh, the, the, the the situation that we find ourselves in in South Africa right now, whereby it seems to be very difficult to move forward uh, with uh, entrenching labor rights it's, for workers.
2: It's the primary underlying tension that has been there since 1993, when NUMSA moved a motion at the Kursatu Congress. And that, in those days, they'd say the Kursatu was the great uh, Trade Union Federation, to which everyone was looking, Rimsson moved a motion saying, look, once the ANC becomes government, we're in alliance with them in an anti-apartheid alliance, fighting this regime of apartheid. But once the ANC becomes government, they've become the largest employer in the land. Therefore, we should now leave this alliance because we can't be in bed with bosses. Now, they lost that uh, motion. But those tensions had been there all along, and this is actually what has led primarily to the various fragmentations. Obviously, governments are always going to try to influence, to uh, win over unions, etc. And we have seen a lot of that happening. There's been a seamless movement of top union leaders into government, into cabinet, and even into big business. I mean, you've had former general secretaries, presidents of... Uh, the National Union of Mine Workers, one of them becoming uh, the head of, of Anglo, of Anglo Gold Ashanti, the, the biggest mining, gold mining company. That sort of thing. And that does annoy workers on the ground, understandably, I think.
0: Let me read a few of the messages coming through here on uh, the Workers' Day edition of Updated Noon. Uh, Shibe says, "Ah, uh, oh, Sakina, nice to be with you. I don't say 20 rand an hour is enough or not. Uh, let's compile a basic budget for a household of four living in the rural areas and the other living in a township. Uh, can it even take them through two weeks, this uh, minimum wage of 20 rand? That's the question uh, Shibe is asking. Uh, David in Durbin says, I'm a security guard. I earn 100 rand for a 12-hour day and that's 8 rand per hour so 20 rand per hour would be great. It will be more than a 100% increase for me that's Dave in Durban. Uh, Galweni says uh, the useless EPWP programs uh, should be replaced with something else in my village the roads are still bad and Tabo and Soweto says uh, why are you and Mr. Bell blaming trade unions for the sins of the barbaric system of exploitation of one person by another. That is wrong. And Stephen Matsimela and Soshanguwe says, when Kosato debated the expulsion of NUMSA during the 2015 Congress, Vavi and NUMSA wanted a secret ballot so that the leadership of affiliates should not infiltrate or take decisions on behalf of shop stewards who represent members. Today, the same Vavi and NUMSA do not want the same members to vote in secret on whether the workers want to go on strike or not. Now, this is a chameleon of politics. Why be a Afraid of workers deciding on their own strike, Vavi would continue to receive his over one hundred thousand rand salary per month, while poor workers are on an unpaid strike and they have not decided on that strike, as it were. So uh, tell the workers the truth that they are being empowered to decide. On uh, their strike action on their own. What's your take on that particular issue of balloting? um, uh, Terry, I mean, uh, Stephen raises that issue. It's by no means a new issue. But what's your take on uh, the proposed amendments? And I think, you know, the issue of the secret ballot now being highlighted.
2: You have a secret ballot in a place like a parliament or a huge congress of workers. But if you have secret ballots for every single strike, workers in small areas can then be put under pressure by the employers. And that is not what you want. You want to call a mass meeting and have a, a, then you can have a vote. But that's not the main problem with the proposed amendments. The main problem with the proposed amendments is that there shall be compulsory arbitration, which will be binding, So, for example, that undermines the idea of collective bargaining. It says, if a strike goes on for too long, how long is too long? I don't know. How long is a piece of string? But what it would encourage, I'm sure, certain employers to drag out negotiations in order to force compulsory arbitration. And that undermines the whole concept of collective bargaining. And that's the main problem with the proposed legislation, as well as the ballot is another aspect as well. But it's more complicated than just saying... Do you have a secret, or, do you not have a secret ballot
0: mm. and and one of the other issues that I don't think uh, receives enough attention, Terry, when it comes to workers, workers' rights, and unions, is the issue of investments that unions have. What happens to that money, and what sort of say do workers actually have, and what sort of benefits accrue to them?
2: Well, in some cases, they'll argue, yes, we give scholarships, we do this and that. But, you know, the point is that one of the basic principles here, and here we get into ethics again, is it right for one group of workers, because they happen to be um, well-paid and therefore have a big provident fund and whatnot, to invest that in exploiting other workers in order to make a profit? That's one of the big problems. That if you were investing, for example, in retirement homes for your members, which Give you a decent return, but do not exploit. well, that would be something completely different. But no, they invest right across the board. I've just been this morning looking at some of the investments of some of these companies, and they're quite extraordinary. Mm. There's even a move now to buy into Vodacom.
0: Uh, but 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 even speaking From. to where those investments are made, do the workers even have a say? Do they even know where their monies are invested?
2: No, because it goes to that you'll have boards of directors, you'll have trustees, etc. And you have the bureaucratization, the corporatization of the union movement. And I think that they should keep out of that. So the point is, if you rely on your members and the subscriptions of your members, you therefore have an interest an inherent interest in growing your membership and in serving your members in order to retain them. And that's from a leadership level. But all those leaders should also be not only accountable, they should be recallable by the members. This did actually apply, not very well necessarily in all cases, in the 1980s in South Africa. And I think we should perhaps think of going back to that. One thing I'd like to raise, though, that person mentioned, we're not blaming, I'm sure you're not either, the trade union movement. What I'm saying is that they should have done more to protect their workers in a system which is always going to disadvantage workers.
0: Absolutely, that is the point, that trade union movements can do more uh, for their workers. And uh, with the, situa- uh, the the issue we've just uh, touched on there with regard to investments, um, why can't they ballot their members with regard to the sort of investments that they want to make as well?
2: I would agree entirely. I mean, for example, there was a proposal put forward in 1993 that... The union should club together and put all their Providence and pension funds into a huge, and that would have been trillions of rand even then, I think, uh, and buy up huge blocks, and they're talking about Hilbra at the time, and turn them into worker accommodation integrated accommodation in, in other words breaking down the apartheid geography as well for sale and also for rental but at reasonable rates rate, and with bonds that would be repayable at a reasonable rate etc which would give them an income to the pension and provident funds but would not exploit anyone it was turned down flat by cosatu on the grounds that it was and i quote too capitalistic i think they regret that now the ones who turned it down
0: Terry Bell, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much uh, for uh, speaking with us here on Update at Noon.